who we are. Over the last few weeks, we wrestled with the idea that we were made for a place with God and a role with God. So if you missed the first two messages, please check us out on our app or on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to connect with us. What we have discovered in our messages was the fact that we have longings for more in life because we are seeking for something beyond us. What is significant is that the Bible begins to address the reasons for these longings. We found on the first pages of the Bible that we were created to be in a place with God, which is a place where our space overlaps with God's space, and that we were created in the image of God. And what this title means is that we are created with a role, a purpose, a responsibility to have authority and partnership to cultivate and rule the earth. All people were created for this. Whether you believe in the creation story or not, we were all created for responsibility and for a purpose. We were all created with a calling. Now, what does that actually mean for us? Last week, I said that we were made to rule with God. And that's kind of a hard thing to understand. What does that actually mean for us? What does it mean for us today? I mean, really, if we're honest, ruling is kind of weird language. But what I want us to see in this is the idea that all of us, no matter whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a church person or not, there is something that is common to all of us. We all want to play a part to have a role in life. Now, in other words, when someone speaks about you, when someone thinks of you, when you hear someone talk about you, you want to be known or talked about for something, like for a role or responsibility or a job that you have. And this is a desire that we have that starts really early in our life, right? Like really early. We want to be known for a group we belong to, a team we cheer for, the social media we follow, the colors we wear, the team we play on, the gang we run with, the kids we hang out with at school, the things we say about ourselves, and even the things we hide about ourselves. We want people to speak about us. We all want to be known for something. And that something is that we want to be part of is something great. Something that makes a difference. Something that moves the needle forward. Something that makes others look at us and go, wow, wow, really? These guys really have it all together. I mean, this is the reason we have social media to begin with, right? We want people to know that we have it put together. That we are part of something great. That we're on an adventure. Our families just looks perfect. We have a dream job or we're part of doing something good and great in the world. We want the best possible representation of us somewhere for others to see. You see, who we are is people that want to have a role to play. We all want to be known for something and we all have an idea of what that something looks like. How we would feel. You know, how we would feel to accomplish greatness, to have the authority, recognition, notoriety in life. And because of that, we convince ourselves that maybe getting a new car, a new job, a new relationship will give us that status, that opportunity, that acknowledgement, that role. And then we go to work and we go hard and we try to achieve this in our lives. And sometimes there's even collateral damage along the way, but we call it being driven, being determined, being strong. And when we do achieve it, despite the means we use to achieve it, those accomplishments do satisfy for a while and are great. 
and give us that desired reputation in life. But all of that has an end. All of that ends eventually. See, one of my roles as a pastor is to conduct funerals. And part of that role is that I get to speak to families. I get to speak to their friends. And I get to know the person who has died. Friends, one of the things I see people say over and over and over is they remember the person by what the person meant to them and what they had done for them or with them. Let me, let me say it again. Let me put it this way. The thing that people remember about the person that died is that people remember you for the role you played in their life. They say things like, he was so generous. She was always there for us. He was so kind. He gave so much to so many. She was there for me when I needed her the most. What I don't ever hear is people recounting how many things they owned, how many vacation spots they went to, how many followers they had on social media. They are always remembered by what kind of role they played in people's lives. Now, whether you are a Christian or not, there's this amazing story in the Bible about Jesus that turned the thinking of people upside down. As we will soon find out, because Jesus stepped into history doing what we don't naturally want to do. We read in the book of John in the Bible. Now, John became an apostle and he was a follower and a student of Jesus. He spent tons of time with Jesus and he's one of Jesus' closest friends. So we read, Jesus is gathering with John and the other 11 of his closest friends, his students, for one final meal. And at this meal, part of the 12 is Judas, who's going to betray Jesus. And Jesus knows this. And Peter is there, who's going to deny Jesus. And Jesus knows this also. And the rest of them, who are going to run away. And Jesus knows this. Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry on earth. And in that moment, in this final, me uh, final meal, his closest friends in that moment are arguing about and asking Jesus, which one of them is the greatest? Who, is the great, who has the greatest role to play? Who has the most authority? This is the group that Jesus is having the final meal with. And so we read in chapter 13 of John, it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Look, friends, what John is saying in this first verse, John is saying, looking back, I realized that Jesus' work was complete. He was going to leave. This is what he's saying in this part. So let's just jump to verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew now, friends, this is so easy to miss, especially if you have heard the story many times. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He was the ruler. He, was, he had the authority. He was the king. Imagine yourself in that situation. Let's just put ourselves into that context of having that authority in that moment in that room. You're in a room with 12 of your closest friends, your coworkers, and you know, you know without a shadow of a doubt, one will betray you, the guy who claims to be your best friend, your BFF, he's tagging you on Facebook pictures. He's, go, he's saying, we're the best friends. He's going to deny you. The rest of your friends are going to run away and leave you alone. No one is going to be there for you when you need them the most. And God has given you, 
the power over everything. What would you do in that moment? What are you tempted to do if you have the power to rule and the ultimate authority over people like this? And here's what Jesus does. John wants us to see and to know clearly. So don't miss this. He says, so he, that is Jesus, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Wait, what? You have all this authority, you have all this power, and you know what these people are going to do, and you do what? You have all this authority under your command. When the betrayer and the deniers and those who will abandon him are right there for him to do whatever he wanted to, and he washes their feet. What do I do in moments like this? In a moment when I can, when I can make all things right, right? When I have the level of authority of some kind of ruling opportunity or I can punish the wrongdoer, what do I do then? Friends, if I'm honest, serving is the farthest thing from my mind in those moments. How can I help them out isn't where my mind is going. I'll tell you, when I played hockey or really any sport and someone wronged me, especially if it was a cheap shot or slash, when I was wronged, serving or caring, serving or caring for that person is the last thing that come to my mind. I wanted to, like you would want to, I wanted to get even. I wanted to make them pay. And yet Jesus, look at how Jesus explains all that he has done. Let's just jump right down to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he says, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand? Guys, you guys that are arguing amongst yourself, who has the greatest, who has the most authority, who's the top dog, do you get what I just did? Do you understand? Look what he says. He goes on. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Look what Jesus is saying. I am the Lord. I have the authority. But this is how you rule. I want you to serve others just like I have served you. Not because you deserve it, because Jesus knew they didn't deserve it. Not because people who come into your life deserve it. Because, but because this is what it looks like to rule on earth. Friends, what Jesus does, what he's working out here, is that he fulfills humanity's ruling role given to us from the beginning that we saw the last two Sundays. By serving he fulfills humanity's image-bearing role by serving. This is so completely contradictory to the power and authority ruling that we naturally want, that we naturally see played out around us. This feels so backwards, doesn't it? Why should I serve those who are not on the same page as me? They should serve me. I don't serve them. Look, I can hear some of you even thinking, well, that's just not realistic in the real world where I live in. That's just some spiritual Christian things. And that's Pastor Paul talking. I, I get that part. But let's look at a very real example. In Simon Sinek's book, On the Search for Your Why, he speaks about the Marines, the men and women who show up and serve in one of the most challenging military services 
in the world. Cynic says when the recruits first show up, they try to prove to their commanders that they can do it, that they can hack it, that they can tough it out. But their commanders continually put them in situations in which they will fail when they try to do it by themselves. The Marines want them to learn that their success is dependent on each other. Even more importantly, Cynic says, they need to learn if you don't help each other, no one will help you. Now, over the course of time, they begin to care for one another. They begin to root for one another. They begin to serve one another, helping each other. And when you meet people who have served, Cynic says, those who, have put, uh, who we would consider heroes because they risked their lives uh, when they were on the battlefield. And when you ask them, why did you do that? Why did you put your life on the line? Why did you get out of safety to bring somebody safely back? Why did you help another person? They all say the exact same thing. They say, because they would have done it for me. That's the circle of safety. You see, what Cynic points out, the Marines want them to learn this universal truth this reality created in us. Our success is dependent on one another. Friends, in our series of who we are, I suggested that we were made for a place with God and a role with God. What this means is that our deepest desires to be known, to have a role, to have a responsibility, to belong, are built in us from beginning. And when we serve, when we elevate others, when we risk ourselves, contrary to what the society encourages us to think about ourselves, when, when we do all these things, we find hope and freedom. To put it another way, if we live for ourselves, looking for my authority, polishing my image, looking to have the best for me, and living just for my best interests, what I get out of that is just self. I get me, but nothing else. To maybe, maybe clarify that, Andy Stanley puts this well in his quote when he says, if you continue to serve yourself, you will end up being by yourself. So what? Why does this matter? Because everyone wants to live their best life. We all do. But we've all been lied to. No matter what you see or hear, in your efforts to have life your way, you never achieve life your way. Selfishness will always lead to loneliness. Whether you follow Jesus or you don't believe anything about him, serving others changes everything for you and for them. You don't have to believe me. You can try it for yourself. Find a place to serve. Serve with us. It helps you find your calling and purpose in life. And paradoxically, it builds a circle of trust and hope. All right, so you've heard all this stuff and you might be asking, Paul, what do I do with this? What comes next? Where do I go from here? Now, if you're new with us, we want to connect with you because this journey was never meant to be done alone. Connect with us right now. Just go ahead in the chat, type in, I'd like to connect. And one of our hosts will begin a private conversation with you right on whatever device you have. Or maybe you've been journeying with us for a while and you've been kind of checking us out and kind of being part of us and trying to figure things out. And now you're kind of wondering, well, what's next for me? How do I, how do I serve? How do I function in this new pandemic world? Would you be courageous enough to reach out to us as well? 
We believe here at Circle that mentoring is such an important part of learning your role in the right things. Learning and understanding God's story and your story and how they overlap and how you serve in the midst of that. Would you just take a moment and connect with us in the chat window now? Just click the connect button and we'll have a conversation about how to get you connected with someone to journey with you. Jesus set the ultimate example of how to have all authority. Serving those who didn't even deserve it. He fulfilled humanity's role. We have an opportunity to find meaning and purpose by living his example. We bring meaning to our calling and to all of our desires. Would you take the challenge and journey with us in serving our community? This selfless act changed the world at one time. And it can do it again.